Should we say that the day we're recording this, Sophie's guest episode of another podcast, Just the Zoo of Us, came out, and I am extremely personally offended because she said one mean thing about whales, and it was a direct attack on me, specifically. Sorry, yeah. did you say something? I just, I'm not really listening to you guys now that I'm oh like, my a God. famous <laughs> podcaster. Wow. <laughs> Now that I'm the most famous podcaster on this podcast. Oh my god. I mean, you always had the most Twitter followers, so. (laughs) Yeah, I've sort of been just like out of both of your leagues this whole time. That's so rude. I actually told Ellen that neither of you were allowed to be on the podcast. What? Because I sort of wanted to just stay the most famous (gasps) one. Oh, how dare you. And welcome to another episode of Midlight Crisis, a real podcast hosted by three grown-up biologists revisiting books from our teens, and it's totally cool. I am one of your hosts, Sophie, the extremely famous podcaster. (laughs) 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 But you don't have to call me that today only. I'll never because I every other day you do. No. Yeah. No, today I have a randomly generated fantasy name, and it is, uh, <laughs> it's Art Boo, both winner. Oh, that's yes. nice. Art Blue? Art, Art Boo. <laughs> Art Boo. Yep, both winner. Everyone can be a winner here. I give out a lot of participation. <laughs> you are a millennial. <laughs> yeah, I expect them. Mm-hmm. what about you guys there's nothing really more to say about my name that's just what it is normally i think we joke around for longer but that's okay who are you guys my name is sam but my fantasy name of the day is i don't know how to pronounce this evil but sorry i don't know how to say it it's e-v-a-l-b-a Evolva, 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 evolva. Yeah, evolva. That's weird. The same weird end to a first name. Artboo uh-huh. and Evolva. Evolva. Hey, told. What's your last name? What's your last name? Hey, told. Hey, told. Sure. Cool. Yeah. That's hey, told right. to you. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, I am Hannah, and our random fantasy name generator really came for me specifically Okay. also today, because my name is uh, Larari Saint Booker. What? Arari? Larari. Yep. Larari Saint Booker. Wow. Wow, that, yeah, those are your least favorite series of letters <laughs> yeah, to pronounce. That was, that's just <laughs> that was so fun. Extremely difficult for me and my specific tongue configuration. Yeah. Saint Booker? Saint Booker. Wow. That's a good last name. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a real one. That sounds like a good one. I go by Saint because I don't want to have to introduce myself as Lorari to everybody I come across. Yeah, there. <laughs> Please call me Saint Booker. It's actually Please. easier it's than the just, first name. <laughs> I can't introduce myself to you. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'll write it down and you just sort of pronounce it however you want. <laughs> so we're reading two more chapters of 
Aragon this week. Shockingly, very close to the end of Aragon. Somehow. Yeah. We, we were looking at our calendar and we're like, wait a minute, there's only three episodes left. <laughs> that means there's only like six chapters. How can they possibly have a climax and a resolution? <laughs> like, there will, there, there's be, none. They should be starting the war or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Aren't they going to fight the Razak at some point? I thought yeah. that was going to happen. Yeah. Guess we'll wait till book two. Yeah. Book two, yeah. They've just sort of crossed back and forth through the entire spine <laughs> in like a couple <laughs> sentences. So I guess a lot is going to happen That's in the next true. six chapters. Well. True. <sighs> anyway, we'll talk about that at the end, I guess. <laughs> Probably. What we think will happen next. <laughs> But before that, how about you guys tell us what happened in the two chapters we read this week? Well, chapter 53 was called Bless the Child Argetslum. How do I say that? Because <laughs> I have uh-huh. to say it again. Argetlum? Hold on, yeah. let me pull up the Aragon pronunciation guide. Oh yeah, I forgot it's a hard g. Argetlum? Argetlam? Argetlam? Argetlam. Uh, Argetlam. 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 That's what I think it is. Argetlam. <laughs> it's not on the Paulini.net audio pronunciation guide for some reason. The Irish word uh, spelled the exact same way. <laughs> oh. Is pronounced Argidlam. Argidlam? Argidlam? Argidlam. Argidlam? Like right, the end well... is like a WV, is how they say it. Okay, well, I'm just going to say it different every time I say it. Just say it however you feel. Let's just go into the summary, shall we? Which, this was a very hard chapter to summarize because it was just kind of very all over the place. But we start off with Auric leading Aragorn and Saphira uh, to the dragon hold so Saphira can rest. Then Auric and Aragorn get some food. We learn a little bit more about the dwarf history and that even though the city is actually mostly empty... Trojaheim was built large enough to hold every dwarf in Allegasia, which has only occurred in history three times. That was a fun fact I thought I should include. Anyways, (laughs) once they finish eating, Aragorn heads back to Saphira, but is stuffed by a crowd of people, and one lady called him Margetalam, which Mm -hmm. is an elven word for silver hand, which means dragon rider. And she asks Aragorn to bless her baby, which Saphira and Aragorn both bless the baby. And then they go for a fly in the sky, and then they head back to their new fancy cave that has a bed for Aragorn and lots of space for Saphira. Got it. In Mandrake Root and Newt's Tongue, Aragorn wakes up to see, of all people, Solembum the Werecat, just like sitting in front of him. Uh, Solembum leads Aragorn through Trondheim to an apartment full of plants and curios, and as you can probably guess, Angela is there. She and Aragon have a long chat about what's happened since they met. Aragon tells her that Brom died, and she reveals that the reason his fate was kind of a joke is that he was destined to fail at everything he did, bar one, which was killing Morzan. She says that she came to the Varden because she likes to be where the action is, and tells Aragon about how shades are made by an evil spirit possessing a sorcerer. She's also wary of Murtag and thoroughly unimpressed by the magic users in Trondheim, and then she abruptly tells Aragon to go away because her potion is about to boil. <laughs> it's just such a mood. It's I so just, good. We just fucking called that, though. We did. Like, yeah, like we did. I don't think any of us actually believed Angela would show up in the next 
chapter, no. but we were like, man, that sounds like a witch thing, that chapter title. Maybe yep. Angela will be there. Maybe Angela. And then she is. There she and then was. she is. She's just there. Wow. Incredible. And once again, she is like far and away the best character in this book. Yeah. But I guess so we'll fun. get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> First, we have to talk about Trondheim, which. Yep. Trondheim? So, like, the dragon hold in the city of Trondheim is at the top and is, like, open to the sky. But Trondheim is inside the hollow mountain of Farthendur. So, it's not the sky. It's just the inside of the mountain. Right? No. I think think Trondheim is, like, because when they first described it in the previous chapters, it was, like, inside the crater. The volcanic yeah. crater. So I think it's open to the sky, but that was the sky that we talked about being like into the stratosphere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Farthendur is the name of the mountain that the crater is in. Yeah. Yeah. But that was like miles and miles and miles and miles across. Yeah. And then Trondheim is in the middle of it. So it's outside. The whole place is outside. The whole place is outside, but it's inside. A like mountain. it's in the crater, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> it's all yeah. very confusing. <laughs> I was having a really difficult time with the uh the scale. Yeah. Yeah. The part that confused me is that when they talk about going to the dragon hold, like, oh, the dragon hold doesn't have a roof, and then Aragon's like, Won't it be cold and damp without a roof? And Oryx's like, actually. Farthendur protects us from the elements, mm-hmm. so it doesn't rain or snow in here. But as was established previously, it's like open to the sky. So the first thing I thought was like, shouldn't it rain down into the mountain? Mm-hmm. But I looked it up and clouds don't form that high, like rain clouds, because as we established, the mountain peak comes up like <laughs> 63,000 feet or 19,000 meters. That's so big. Which is so high. Again, so high. well above most clouds. <laughs> um, so like rain cal- clouds wouldn't be able to like pass over the mountain and then rain in. Or I guess snow wouldn't happen. But I don't know if you've ever heard of the vehicle assembly building. The NASA vehicle assembly building in Florida. But no. it's like the biggest single room building at 160 meters tall or 525 feet tall and that's like one room jeez like there's no floors (laughs) it's just the one room because it's where (laughs) they make like rockets and stuff cool but it has its own weather oh what inside it has its own weather inside what yeah so like if it's really really humid like little rain clouds will form (laughs) that's hilarious (laughs) and so they have to like run air conditioning or like dehumidifiers like it's like ten thousand tons of air conditioning (laughs) oh my god so what i'm saying is that farthendur should probably still have rain because rain clouds could form in it i would believe that maybe it's like warm because it's a volcano like maybe it's not Mm -hmm. maybe it's just like dormant or whatever Mm -hmm. yeah so it would still be warm that there wouldn't be snow but i think it would still rain (laughs) That's my opinion. That's interesting because one of the issues I had, and I'm jumping ahead a bit, but it's relevant to this conversation, so I'm just going to pop it in here. 
Yeah. Is, or I was thinking that being inside basically an inverted cone, the air should be reasonably stagnant, which I was thinking should make it harder for Saphira to fly because I like can't imagine that she flies solely due to her own strength. Like she must make use of like thermals and wind and stuff like that. But she doesn't seem to have any issues flying in here, and maybe it's because Farthendur generates generates its own weather. I maybe. I guess like the distance she has to go probably isn't far enough that true. Or like most birds, well, birds. <laughs> I guess birds like Safira. Uh, different birds, birds like Safira. <laughs> They'll use thermals and stuff for like gliding long distances, right? To lift them up. So like if she's just doing a short hop. <laughs> into the That's mountain true. inside the other mountain oh my God. maybe she can just flap <laughs> she does flap super hard at one point yeah because <laughs> also there isn't like a ton of places to go that isn't just walking right because she can't yeah. get out of the mountain from the top <laughs> yeah she's kind of stuck in there eh? <laughs> yeah she can't fly 12 miles <laughs> which is how tall the inside of the mountain is just straight up <laughs> yeah into the stratosphere. <laughs> Into the stratosphere. Boil your vitreous fluid in your eyes. It'll yeah. be fine. <laughs> She's going to fly to the moon and then come back down. <laughs> it's a weird time. It's hard to just like understand anything that big. And obviously I don't know anything about like physics or climate. <laughs> yeah. So. Nothing. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, moving on. There's a bunch of stuff about dwarf history. I don't have anything to say about it. Do either of you have anything to say about it? No. Not really. I, it was just very like reminiscent of again Lord of the Rings. Yeah. But I've also just watched the like few episodes of Rings of Power that came out, and they oh. like feature the dwarfs heavily, and it was just all very like okay, been there, done that. When I was reading it, so. I don't know, nothing captured my attention. <laughs> the only notable thing to me is the fact that, like, Trondheim is their largest city and most of the time it's empty, which Sam touched yeah. on already. And, like, there's... T- I feel like at some point that's going to come up just because it was so explicitly being like... I feel that. Mm, all of the dwarves in the world could fit in this city, <laughs> but that's only happened three times before. And it's like, okay, it's going to happen. So it's going to happen before yeah. the end of this book for sure. <laughs> I don't think I don't think there's enough time for it to happen <laughs> before the end of this book, but before the end of the fourth book or yeah, there's four books in this yeah, series, for sure. right? Yeah, and there's going to be some like Helm's Deep action going mm-hmm. on where they all like flee to it and then there's going to be a giant battle outside of it. 100%. Wow. Foreshadowing. Galbatorix is gonna like fly over the mountain somehow, even though his entire body would crumble into dust if he tried. We don't yeah. know physics in Allegasia, it's fine. That's true. <laughs> they have different physics there. Yeah, yeah or the Razak will do it. Oh yeah, somehow. the Razak will do oh, yes. it. Or the Shade, because he's kind of like invincible, maybe. Yeah. 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 That's an interesting question. What's funny to me is that they're like, wow, Trondheim can fit every dwarf in Allegasia. Also, weirdly, most of Trondheim is deserted right now. It seems like a waste of space. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> uh... <laughs> uh-huh. Like, yeah, probably most of Trondheim is deserted because you need it to be so that it can fit everybody. So it can fit, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Weird how those yeah. two things are totally disconnected anyway. So weird. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then they, like, talk about how the dwarves have you know, tunneled under most of the Beor Mountains. Oh, yeah. It's it's weird because, 
again with the scale of things like yeah how many dwarves are there and how big is Trondheim again <laughs> like yeah Trondheim really? is All of them? massive yeah Oric did say that Trondheim took three full dwarvish generations to build true which is also wild to me also so wild. I guess these like tunnels that they've been tunneling throughout the Bior Mantons have probably been the work of like millennia yeah and dwarves are just the like epitome of the man thing of dig big hole <laughs> what's the man thing of dig big hole <laughs> just I feel like I've seen it on Twitter a lot recently it's just men love oh, yeah. to dig a hole <laughs> oh yeah that thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah because they say that they live longer much longer than men yeah which because everyone always does in fantasy yeah and i i guess i just never really understand because in you know classic fantasy it's always like wow dwarves and elves they live way longer than humans and it's like but like do elves live way longer than dwarves or are they Mm -hmm. sort of like the same or (laughs) and are we talking like hundreds of years or elves live longer do they i don't know that's at least what it is in lord of the rings i assume that's transferable yeah, I can't spoil the show, but there's, like, a scene where a dwarf gets mad at an elf for, like, this exact situation because elves, <laughs> like, time is, like, meaningless to them, right? So, like, 20, 40 years is nothing to them, and the dwarf is like, you've missed 20 years of my life! And it's like, oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh. So it's elves. That's sad. Yeah, that so, like, sad. dwarves are long-lived, but nothing compared to elves, like, I guess it depends on what fantasy world you're referencing, but considering the close relationships between Allegasia and Middle-earth, I'm going to assume that the elves can live to thousands of years and the dwarves probably to hundreds. Okay. That sounds right. It does. Yeah. Elves will live forever unless something kills them. Dwarves will just live a really long time. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. I buy it. Well, do you know what else is in Trondheim? uh-huh 4,000 humans <laughs> Ooh. oh uh-huh. yes exciting yeah aragon seems to think that that's not very many people who have like fled the empire to join the Varden, which i guess it's not that many but also they did have to walk across the entire desert to find the Varden. yes but i guess maybe people can be recruited for the Varden before walking across the desert yeah, also Angela seemed to get there pretty easily. <laughs> yeah, but Angela is not like the other girls. <laughs> <laughs> what other girls? So far, there's been no other girls. Ar- Aria? Um, she's Aria? an elf. <laughs> oh, she's an elf, not a girl. It's oh, different. we're going on that That's technicality different. again. <laughs> I swear to God, if they start referring to each other as males and females, I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's only in the teen version. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, the only other girl is Safira, who's also technically not who's a girl. Who's also not a girl. <laughs> She's a female. Female. If, if Safira, well, I don't think they've ever actually talked to each other. But then if we don't count Safira as a girl or Arya as a girl and Angela's the only <laughs> human girl, this book fails very hard. The yeah. Bechdel test. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it, it's not... It wasn't doing close. well for itself to begin with, but if we're going to make that technicality, it's even <laughs> yeah. worse. I don't think any of them have spoken to each other, have they? I I was going to say, even if they no. do talk to each other, they're guaranteed talking about Aragon. So yeah, 100%. Still talking about yeah, a boy. that's true. Damn it. Yeah. Anyways, okay, sorry. Just a little side 
thing there. Yeah. Well, and uh, is Angela even human? Like, we'll get to her, but she is a mysterious lady. I don't know if she's fair. actually human or not. Who knows? Who knows? She's a bog witch. Yeah. Uh, which, as we all know, is a it's separate species, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Aspirational. Aspirational, yeah. They also say there's only enough sunlight in Trondheim for moss, mushrooms, and mold, which I would argue <laughs> only one of those things needs sunlight. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> and maybe that's the point. Yeah, preferably not a lot. <laughs> maybe that's the joke he's making. Yeah, I think that's the point is there's only <laughs> enough sun to grow things that don't want to be in the sun. Mm-hmm. Like dwarves. <laughs> like dwarves. Like dwarves. <laughs> See, because then, because, like, that's, the mountain, I back to this, the mountain is basically <laughs> at the ozone layer, so would the sun coming through the mountain be, like, oh God. more oh. bright? Like, is it a I hole in the ozone layer? <laughs> They'd get, like, so much UV damage. Yeah. Oh, also, like, oxygen? Can they get enough oxygen if it doesn't yeah, have, where's, like... where's the air coming from? I mean, I guess, technically, there are doors and tunnels, but if they're like sealed and hidden most of the time, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe Trondheim doesn't look that good. They're all just like slightly yeah, oxygen deprived. They're all, <laughs> they're well, all they've got to be vitamin D deficient at least. Oh, for sure. Yeah, or overdosing, <laughs> or yeah, that. depending. Yeah, depending on where. <laughs> you have to assume since the dwarves live underground and like spend most of their lives underground that they have an extremely vitamin d efficient diet they would have to they're all extremely pale so that if they happen to go in the sun they get all of the vitamin d yeah but like Super if, if, if their only uh-huh. access to sun is like through an ozone depleted <laughs> region like they would they would be sunburned within seconds wouldn't they that's why they all have so much hair is to cover them (laughs) that's not a bad theory (laughs) yeah dwarves are hyper efficient in their vitamin d uptake Uh uh-huh but all the humans who live here are just like so sickly looking (laughs) (laughs) they all have seasonal affective disorder (laughs) yeah that's why when aragon's walking around all of the humans look so like listless and uh stringy because none of them have seen the sun and they're all just (laughs) depressed dwarves actually only live like 80 years but they're like wow we live so much longer than humans because so all the oh, humans no. die at like 25 and farth is doing this jeez this book is gruesome we're making it gruesome well we can go back to some of those techniques aragon came up with trying to kill torture people i don't yeah yeah it's doing it to itself it's not us Uh (laughs) well and as we found out like throughout this book aragon has like super skin like even when it all gets rubbed off on Saphir's scales it's fine within a couple days and he like doesn't get any kind of infection he's got like a super healing body so like maybe people in Allegasia are just (laughs) really robust (laughs) yeah (laughs) or I I think that's his dragon magic isn't it listen (laughs) okay well Aragon at least will be fine he's the main character he's the only one we care about yeah (laughs) he couldn't possibly get an infection from anything yeah. Definitely not this mold. Nope. <laughs> or the fact that when he goes down to go take a bath, the tunnels to get into the bathing room are only five feet high. 
So Sophie would fit in there, but Aragon doesn't fit very well. Hey! <laughs> I'm five foot five. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, you could just bend over a little. I would five. be so cramped <laughs> with my towering five extra inches. <laughs> It's it's just very funny to me that it's like, mm, here is a human who needs a bath. Let's take him through these like five foot tunnels. There are 4,000 other humans yeah. living here. Do they also all have to crawl through these tunnels to go have a bath? Or is Orc just taking Aragon to like the short people bathroom? I bet you he's going to like the fancy dwarf baths, but like the mm. humans have to use their own like cold water tubs. Oh yeah. They have to go out and just bathe in the waterfall. Yeah, exactly. Uh huh. Did either of you find that this bathroom was very reminiscent of the host, which is as yes! we all know, Stephanie Meyer's oh, yeah. best book? That uh-huh. was my exact thought. Yeah, right. It's like a dark underground pool that like smells kind of funny. I think <laughs> that's pretty much it. But there's soap in there, which is also what happens in the host. Somebody, please. <laughs> Cut me off before Save I you. keep going. The water's also salty for some reason. I'm assuming oh, yeah. it's just like minerals or whatever. Yeah. Actually, I didn't think of the host. I was just like, oh, Aragon's enjoying his sensory deprivation <laughs> chamber. Oh my god. Why can't I say any of those words? You know those like float baths? Whatever they yeah. call them. Oh yeah. They sound fun. Oh, yeah, I think that would be really fun to try. I want and then it. I was wondering, can Aragon ever actually do a separate... Oh my god, words. <laughs> Sensory deprivation chamber. Because he's got his mental connection to Sephira. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like defeats the whole purpose. Anyway, Maybe that doesn't matter. Maybe she blocked him out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point. <laughs> it seems like... Is there a distance on their bond? Or no? Yeah, there was, but it was... Uh, it was when they were in Tyrum, I think they were kind of stretched to their limit, but I can't remember what it okay. was. When uh, Aragon was passed out and Brom flew away on Sephira, he couldn't talk to her. That's true, also. Right. The first okay. time yes. he got knocked out by the Urgles. <laughs> <laughs> that happens a lot. Yeah. You know, there's still time. There might be one there's more. Still t- there, yeah, the Urgles are all like hanging out right outside. So yep. they're probably going to get in there and knock him across the head again. Yeah. And then Aragon finally gets a new shirt. <laughs> uh-huh. Which is linen. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why that threw me off. But the idea of Aragon and like a Cuban Miami linen shirt. I was like, ah. <laughs> You're like, uh-huh. Okay. Very stylish. <laughs> People use linen. <laughs> for like clothing that isn't that yeah that's just (laughs) that was my immediate mental image i I, yeah i don't know man it's like the deep open v yeah the wide collar the like square pockets he's got a gold chain for a necklace now (laughs) oh no (laughs) got a dragon tooth on it sam's been watching a lot of love island and i feel like he would fit right in oh no in his linen shirt yeah uh, well, he his body did get hard and muscular. No. So that... <laughs> oh no, we're no, we're not doing this. No, we're no, not no, do- no, 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 no. <laughs> okay, fine, we're not doing that. Can we talk about the slide? Yeah, yeah. Aragon wonders how people from like the top of Trondheim can communicate with people lower down, and vice versa. And Auric explains that there's a very tight spiral staircase that goes like all the way up the whole middle of Trondheim. 
but like it takes a really long time to go up and down all those stairs so they mostly use like flashing light signals and also there is a slide (laughs) (laughs) i love the slide i love the slide i love the slide (laughs) there's just a slide that goes all the way from the top of the mountain to the bottom I think it like circles around the spiral staircase too. So it's yeah. like a, a corkscrew slide. <laughs> and like, it's not, I, when I first, they first described it, I thought like, oh, it's like a tube. And it's like, yeah. no, it's no, not it's- a tube. <laughs> it's a slide with open sides. And if you're human sized, you will fall off the side. Oh my yeah, God. Super dangerous for someone of Aragon size, apparently. Yeah. Like you'll f- get flung off the side and hit the wall. <laughs> Okay. Or the stairs? Like, oh my the god. Stairs. Just like, how, what do you, like, do dwarves <laughs> not do that? Like, they aren't that much shorter than humans. <laughs> I assume dwarves are, like, very dense and heavy, and maybe um, their gravity, like, keeps them in the slide. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they're just better at slides. Yeah. That's probably what it is. Well, they carved this one, and they're really right. good at carving, so they probably carved it to be a perfect dwarf slide. Yeah, I I love because I, when they were like, oh, how do you talk so quickly? And they're like, oh, we figured it out. And I thought they were going to be like, there's a mechanism in the mountain that, you know, because dwarves are also (laughs) supposed to be like, you know, technology. Yeah. Not these ones. Nope. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) These ones made a slide. These ones made a slide. Okay, they also use flashing lanterns. Yeah. But (laughs) the slide is great. There's a slide. Uh, oh, I hope Aragon goes down the slide. <laughs> oh my god, I thought he was gonna have to go down it like immediately in the next <laughs> yeah, chapter because he notices it and I was like, it's the time. But then this is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he goes somewhere else. <laughs> it's like the uh all of the dwarves can fit in Tronchim and it would be super dangerous for you to go down the slide. Yeah. Anyway, let's immediately move on. <laughs> like, anyway, mm. neither of those things are gonna happen. <laughs> mm. This is foreshadowing. <laughs> Yeah. So much for It's going to be so fun. With when no payoff in this down. book. The slide. There is no payoff in this book. Has anything no. that has been foreshadowed? No. He's happened? not going to slide down I until the Brom end died. of book three, I call ah. it. <laughs> That's going to be so rude. That's uh, what's going to happen. It's going to be worth it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Questionable. Okay. <laughs> we got to talk about the next part now. Okay. okay. Aragon has to bless a baby. Oh my yeah. god. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oric tries to get him out of there because, like, they walk outside, Safira arrives, and then everyone starts to, like, cluster around. And Oric's like, get out, get out. <laughs> Don't be uh-huh. here anymore. And then an old lady who's stronger than a dragon and a dragon rider grabs yeah, Aragorn's leg. <laughs> yeah. And won't let go, and he can't get away. <laughs> a mother's love. Yeah, so it's, it's not even her baby. It's just yeah. like a baby, a baby. She says the baby's parents are dead, and the only oh, one who right. will take care of the baby is this old lady. I was like, there are three thousand nine hundred ninety-eight other Varden here. Like, surely one of them surely could take care of this baby. Of yeah, but I guess it's just this one lady. I want to talk about what a blessing is in this world yeah. with no religion. Go for it! <laughs> wow. Because we, we know all about that. Because a blessing, the definition of a blessing is literally to infuse something with holiness or divine power. Yeah. What god? <laughs> Dragon riders are the god, Sophie. 
Yeah, magic is God. Are they magic divinities? <laughs> I mean, I would assume they're like something of a divinity to the normal people. Right? I mean, like, it's kind of probably seen like a miracle to them. That's not like the sense that people give <laughs> off, though, you know? Yeah, I know. No, yeah. yeah. Well, and Aragon is talking about how a blessing is like such a huge deal in Allegation. Yeah. Like, oh my God, he can't possibly screw it up. And then he's like, oh, what if I do the blessing in the magic language? And I was like, wait, so you. That's not even what you were thinking of when you were like, ooh, the responsibility. <laughs> yeah. And like, well, it's a, again, how is it a big deal? What's the what's the yeah, deal what, about? <laughs> I, is there just like some kind of latent magic in all of Allegasia that kind of like pushes things slightly more than you would expect by chance or something? Because like Maybe? there is a little bit of talk of fate and things like that in this chapter. So, like, I guess I could maybe buy that there is some kind of native magic to the land that, like, if you bless somebody or, like, say something over them with the intent of it actually having meaning, that it does kind of put some kind of influence into the world. Yeah, like, that would, yeah, that would make sense (laughs) for pretty much everything we've seen so far. You know, like, it's not that there is a divine or, like, a religion but people understand that magic is a thing. And mm-hmm. so it's sort of like the trickster versus like the things going your way. You'll be like, okay, well, don't say anything because it could be taken the wrong way or like mm-hmm. it could go wrong. And I guess that makes sense. But <laughs> but because <laughs> uh-huh. I was also going to bring up that Safira later says like, Aragon, your word demands that you know, this is your life, and word W-Y-R-D, meaning, like, his fate. Yeah. Like, okay, so you think, like, fate is a thing, and... Yeah. So, yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting. I just don't yep. think Pellini put that much thought into it. No. I think he just forgot that he had to define his religions, you know? Yeah, I think he was raised in a society where Christianity is the default, and it didn't yes. occur to him that that wouldn't be the case in Allegasia. Exactly. And so his default is just default fantasy religion. Mm-hmm. Well, because like word, like a word is very, very pagan. Yes. Mm. In like the religions that, like the language groups he pulls from for the language, like word is from that, right? Old Norse. Yeah. yeah. And so part of me is like, maybe instead of assuming christianity he's assuming paganism like a because mm. this is like a medieval or like mm-hmm. yeah. medieval society right and it's like maybe it's just a pagan society but then he didn't like fully flesh it out yet when he was writing this yeah. book maybe he fleshes it out later yeah mm, maybe could be but it. that's what like i would buy is like there's definitely like some underlying religion He's just assuming that the reader knows what that is, right? Like he's yeah. not he's not going into the depths of it that like a lot of world building like high fantasy novels do. Like a lot of the time people will read high fantasy for like the religion world building alone. And I think he's just kind of like whoop just letting mm-hmm. it slide. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily feel like you can usually tell when someone has like a fully fleshed out world and they only give you tidbits instead of like just info dumping it all. This doesn't necessarily feel like there is something that is there, you know? No, 
It's just yeah, it's like, like a placeholder. Yeah, yeah, like just kind of assume, right? Because he probably didn't think anyone would be reading his book in <laughs> like so this. much detail <laughs> to question whether or not, oh, you Weird. have a blessing, but there's no religion. Hmm, you have churches, but no what? Uh, <laughs> you have death yeah. rituals for yeah. some reason. <laughs> but no God? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine who would want to do something like that. Uh, who, anyway. who would want to do that? <laughs> anyway. Should I read what the blessing is that he gives this child once he decides he's going to give her, like, a true blessing with words of power in the ancient language? Yeah, I was hoping you had translated them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm like, are you going to read that in uh, Elvish or whatever? The yeah, so is? what he says okay. uh-huh. is... Uh, hmm. Atra gulai in Ilian Tauther Ono un Atra Ono Weiss Scolier for Rauther, which means, let luck and happiness follow you, and may you be shielded from misfortune. Which Aww. is a very nice thing to say That's to somebody. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure nothing can go wrong. Yeah. And then she also gets a bonus Saphira smooch on her forehead. <laughs> yeah. I'm envious <laughs> of that. I want a Saphira yeah. smooch. And she gets some kind of magic star. Yeah, silver star-shaped mark on her forehead that is definitely See, different from by Harry a Potter. Dragon, which is divinity. Oh. <laughs> does this kid come back in the series? Yeah, she does. Okay, I was like, because <laughs> it would be absolutely wild if she doesn't. I know, right? <laughs> they spend a lot of time with like Aragon thinking about her after this. Yeah. Well, I guess during this scene. Yeah, because Aragorn's having some hella imposter syndrome. <laughs> yep. Yep. I have in my notes, at least he's aware that he has no wisdom. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> you know. Finally. <laughs> uh, yeah, right? <laughs> and then Safira, like the preteen that she is, says, uh, well, I am younger than you in, e- in years, but I am ancient in my thoughts. Yeah. It's like, mm, she's so mature, you guys. Safira's <laughs> the real teen. <laughs> <laughs> Safira is like a 13 year old it's like well yeah. I'm just like really mature for my age yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. super smart uh, I'm so smart uh, wouldn't it be fun if that had repercussions <laughs> like I mean I spoiler know. it super does wow okay great oh, yeah okay. <laughs> yeah yeah, I do like that her, because Aragon's being like wow I can't believe people are asking me for blessings and I'm like 16 <laughs> Uh-huh. and how could anything that i give them like what can i tell them that they don't already know and safira's yeah. basically like my guy you just gotta learn to delegate <laughs> <laughs> and he's like oh it's so true <laughs> yeah like she's like oh people yeah people already know what to do you just have to make them understand that they know you know uh-huh. like uh-huh she's like basically just be a symbol a figurehead you don't actually have to do anything yeah she says every age needs an icon yeah so basically Aragon is now an influencer wow the only one the only one the only one the first one the first alligagogram no (laughs) okay no yeah that that was a bad one (laughs) We all know I love a good portmanteau, but that was not a good one. No, that was not your best work. Not my best work. Yeah, anyway, then they go up to sleep in the dragon hold with this giant sapphire. 
Yep. I love how Aragon's response is immediately to like lie down on the gem and press his face to it and try to see through it. It's like, yeah, yeah I also l- went up the CN Tower when I was a kid and immediately lay face down on the glass floor up there. Oh, like, that's exactly what, what I would do. <laughs> yeah. Damn, oh, I cried. Of you. I was so scared. <laughs> I think my brothers did it first, to be fair. And then that's they fair. did it, and I was older, so I had to do it too. Yeah. I couldn't no, let them get away cried. with that. That makes sense. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, Aragon lies face down on the floor and tries to see through it, and Safira gets in her gigantic dog bed. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I guess before she does that, she jumps tw- 20 feet straight up in the air. Yeah. Uh, which I was like, whoa, that's pretty high. That's and then really I, high. I did some dragon math. Oh. On it. Assuming, again, that Safira is 14. Uh, 45 feet tall at the shoulder uh, like we calculated that one time I need to redo that math (laughs) (laughs) by all means Sophie go for it (laughs) I need your measurement your comparative measurements from the cover (laughs) anyway if we assume that I was correct and she is the height of 2.5 giraffes that means she can vertically jump about half of her body height which if you put Mm -hmm. it like that is like I thought was slightly less impressive but it turns out the vast majority of people, including, like, NBA players, cannot jump half their body height. So it is kind of impressive. Except I did come across this guy. He's, like, a French guy with no Wikipedia page named Kadur Ziani, who has the world record vertical leap. Uh, he's 5'10", which is, like, 108, uh, 178 centimeters, and he jumped 56 inches, which is the equivalent of 142 centimeters, just, like, straight Whoa. up. which means he jumped 80% of his own height what the hell what the hell (laughs) who does that (laughs) does he have like cricket legs do high jumpers not have like higher than average like high jumping is not exactly a vertical leap right I guess there's like a technique to it like this guy I'm assuming like knelt down powered himself up and like shot straight up yeah wild yeah, and even like the average vertical leap of an NBA player, I got the average vertical leap is seventy-one centimeters of Dang. those guys, which is very high. But those guys are also extremely tall, so like proportionately, it's not that high. Yeah, but hypothetically, if uh-huh. she takes off like a like as a dark bird. pterosaur, yeah, in theory, they can also jump very high <laughs> compared when to their does, body. When she does earlier in the chapter, she takes off by jumping straight up in the air yeah exactly so yeah it could be something they're like evolved to with mad hops <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i think that's i think that's accurate i feel like in this chapter we've confirmed that they they got mad hops have mad hops <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah then they go to sleep because it's the end of the chapter because <laughs> it's the end of the chapter yeah of course yeah, I, there's this nice chapter or paragraph where Safira just summarizes everything we've learned about the Varden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah. so here's what each faction of people within the Varden and outside the Empire thinks of you. Anyway, good night. And I was like, yeah. okay. If cool. your eyes glossed over for the last three <laughs> chapters, here's what you need to know. Uh-huh. TLDR. And then the next chapter is called uh, Mandrake Root and Newt's Tongue. But as we've had before, my ebook. <laughs> formatted it a little weird oh no <laughs> so this chapter is actually called man drake root which sounds like something that came out of our <laughs> fantasy name generator 
yeah, and this is the whole chapter uh, with Angela. Angela. So great. I love Angela. She's so good. I love that at the beginning of this chapter is when Aragon just, like, remembers where Tagus <laughs> Yeah. He has left, like, I have been so worried about poor Mortag, and Aragon does not care about his friend. <laughs> yeah. Like, at all. He, like, didn't even think about him while he was having, like, a nice long bath, eating dinner. <laughs> it's making it's me like... so mad. Because, again, <laughs> like the he's the reason Mertag is stuck here. Like, yeah. it's yeah. all his fault. And he's just like, do, 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 do. Oh, yeah, my friends are imprisoned in a freaking cell or something. Like, my my favorite <laughs> is that sentence where he's like, oh, yeah, Mertag. <laughs> it's like, he's like, wow, knowing that intentionally or not, he had led yeah. Mertag to his imprisonment. I was like, you super intentionally did. so intentional. Mertag oh told you, like, 40 times that he could not go to the bar. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, you... <laughs> He's so, I love how like it, he wakes up and he feels happy and then he thinks of Murtag and is immediately unhappy <laughs> okay <Yeah>. great <laughs> like um... he, like I don't understand why he's not doing more to try to like get Murtag out it's like yeah like I don't know if that was like my best friend stuck in a cell I'd be like screw learning about all this stuff like I need to get him out you're plotting. Yeah. You're figuring out how to escape. Like, get out. Yeah, oh my god. Ugh. For, like, a main character, Aragon doesn't really have, like, friend loyalty. No. <laughs> no. Which I promise if either like... you got captured, I would try to get you out. <laughs> Jeez. Well, I don't know. If you had just said you were the son of Morzan. That's true. Maybe I wouldn't. <laughs> no, I'd still... be like if you said your dad was Donald Trump. <laughs> oh. Ugh. But, but it's me. Yeah. <laughs> Haven't I yeah. treated myself? I would definitely eat dinner and then have a bath and then come looking for you because yeah. I'm a main character. <laughs> I would eat dinner and have a bath and then go hang out with a cool witch in an apartment full of plants. Yeah. And be and like, then... dang, guess I should do something about this after. Well, see, I would go, I would pull uh, Selena Sardathian and I would just go feral. Yeah and destroy everything until <laughs> I got my friends back. <laughs> wow. That's, That's why, why you have a character. lot of daggers. Yeah. <laughs> you have so many daggers, you guys. Oh my god. <laughs> yes. And many dies. This is why this is why Sam is the YA protagonist and Hannah yeah. and I are like the adult novel protagonist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm full of ennui and Sam is full of righteous indignation. <laughs> Yeah, Hannah's one of the protagonists of a Friedrich Bachmann novel. Yeah. <laughs> Just like a complicated and vaguely shitty person who has a lot of small things going on in my life. <laughs> and then I'm the protagonist of a Sarah J. Mass novel. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then was Sophia protagonist of... Probably a nonfiction. <laughs> yeah, Just that's like what I was going to say. A dinosaur. A book about a naturalist. <laughs> or a yeah. book about language. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sitting in the background of a nonfiction book about like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there we go. We found it. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, now that we've decided what books were all the protagonists, so yeah. yeah. Actually, I'm changing my mind. Sophia's just Angela. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, she's a mysterious witch with a cat. <laughs> 
I don't want to live in a city or a cave. I want to be a bog witch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Angela, like, figures out that Aragon is, I don't know, the main character. (laughs) So (laughs) she she decides to go to the Varden because she assumes he'll go there next. I get, okay, Mm -hmm. she hears that there's a dragon rider and she's like, somebody's a dragon rider. I'm going to go to the Varden to meet the new dragon rider. And then she's like, I knew it was you. Uh Uh-huh essentially i mean she is the one who looked at his fortune and was like wow your life is going to be extremely long and extremely dangerous like who else could possibly be a dragon rider yeah like great detective work there Ange. yeah also aragon's like um yeah so like you made fun of brahm and now he's dead yeah yeah that was kind of in poor taste i guess i like how she's like oh yeah sorry about that but also i was right yeah but also <laughs> was like, i wrong <laughs> was i wrong do you think she's the one that brahm was in love with oh maybe no. so she mentions that brahm was destined to fail at all of his tasks except one and the one he didn't fail at was killing morzan good job mm-hmm. but one of the things she mentions is that he loved a woman but it was his affection that was her undoing i assumed I- he was in love with aragon's mother that's oh. what I literally just thought also. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. No, as you were, like, right before you said it, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, like, I connected a dot here. Yeah. Angela did not even cross my mind. I like that theory, but uh-huh. I'm almost certain it's Aragorn's mother. Well, there, yeah. there's no other women, like. Uh-huh. No, exactly. <laughs> like, if he's trying to be mysterious, it's like, okay, so there's three options and it's angela aria and selena like yeah <laughs> yeah it could be aria that would be hilarious that's oh some God. like game of thrones <laughs> shit. i mean well, actually yeah not really because like aria's an elf she could be much older than brahm right that's true yeah there, there yeah. could be like an aragorn arwen thing going on there and then brahm's mm. dragon died and he left the dragon riders and then <laughs> Aragon fell in love with his cranky old teacher's ex girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> that would be so good. I hope it's that. I take it back. I like that now. <laughs> uh, but everyone agrees that the worst part about the prequels was how much older <laughs> Amitala was. Yeah. Padme was. Sorry, yeah. in the Star Wars prequels. So. Yeah. I don't think but, Arya should be like way older than Aragorn. It happens all the time. So if we just in... read Twilight. Yeah, and it happens all the time in like fae based books. You get the fae who's like 500 years old and the girl is 19 years old. Ugh, I hate it. I guess that's a good point. At so least like, in Star Wars, the age gap was only five years. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. It's I still don't. Weird, but... I almost <sighs> kind of like would prefer it being opposite for once like the yeah the woman being like 500 600 years old and the male being like 19 i still feel weird about it being 16 15 i'm like yeah 16 yeah. Is weird. I, I had i had trouble having that come out of my mouth um <laughs> it's a little unpleasant it it's still kind of unpleasant thinking about these books because yeah and like i'm guilty of it some of my favorite books the protagonist is 19 and then the male love interest is like 500 years old I guess I do read those ones too. Maybe I'm also a hypocrite. (laughs) I feel like it's just weird when they know them from when they're like underage. Yeah. Yeah, And then it passes into Yeah. That's that's the Jacob and Esme problem. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's like the grooming that's another conversation. 
Although I guess technically that's like a major part of the plot of the Bear and the Nightingale, and I is it? Like oh, is it? Books. I, I mean, read that one. Ew, Sophie, gross. It's different. <laughs> okay. It's different see, when you like see? the book. <laughs> because it's not when she's a child and then she actively hunts him down later when he leaves after she's uh-huh. of age. It's different. Oh, well, that's fine then. Um, um, okay. It's weird when you put it that way. Anyway, I promise <laughs> yep. they're good books and that's not really like a major part of it. Cool. Anyway, uh, I'm uncomfortable. Let's move on from that. <laughs> Let's, Let's move, move on. on. Should we talk about how Angela knows things about shades? And yeah. again, something I thought Sophie would be mad about. She says that shades practice the most unholy magic after yeah. necromancy. <laughs> What's so bad about was... necromancy? Yeah. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. What's unholy about it? What's Yeah. <laughs> I feel like summoning an explicitly evil spirit that's going to possess your body and turn you into an immortal, like, demon machine might be worse than animating a corpse. Also, how is that not necromancy? It is necromancy. It's just, like, a subdivision (laughs) of necromancy. Unless the spirits aren't... They're not dead people? Like, ghosts? Are they not dead people? No, they're demons, right? What? Because they never, they never expressly say that the spirits are dead people ghosts or souls yeah. or whatever. They uh, just say that there are spirits, the spirits have power, and evil spirits possess humans to create shades. Uh-huh. Hmm, I feel like that's still some necromancy shit. It really just depends. <laughs> Maybe, like, it's on a technicality because the spirits were never alive and the host body didn't die yet. <laughs> Yeah. Like, well, technically, nobody's undead. Are the spirits the ones that everyone is being religious at? Because that would make sense. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, maybe it's sort of a situation where, like, there are just billions of spirits all over the place. And so you're like, ooh, I better, like, this is why the house has little statues with incense all around the house. Like, ooh, the house spirits gotta placate them or whatever. That would be a fun system. Yeah, but there's been no implication that it been, is that, but like nope. it would be good. But that would be cool, huh? It would be pretty neat. <laughs> would be. Yeah. I'm just like so over the trope of like there are things that are evil because they're evil. Yeah. It's like, oh, sh- a shade is from an evil spirit and it's like why is the spirit evil? Like what yeah. it was what's its motivation? Like what is it just evil because it wants to be evil? Like does it want to cause chaos? Like does it have things it wants to do or is it literally just like it, it's evil so it does things because they're bad because it feels yeah. like it? Yeah. I I don't know. I'm really bored of that. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> but think about it. In 2006, was that boring? <laughs> I mean, when I was like 14, it wasn't. That's a great point. Yeah. But now I'm almost 30. Don't worry, it's fine. <laughs> It'll be okay. I turned 31 yesterday. <laughs> oh, you're so old. You're like the crypt keeper. You're two whole years older than me. Ago, or a month and a half ago. <laughs> yeah, see, uh, Sam's doing fine. I'm doing great. Sam <laughs> spent the entire pre-pro complaining about how her body is broken. <laughs> <laughs> and she's been watching. Hurt. And she's been watching Love Island for like three days. <laughs> I'm fine. Sam's fine. <laughs> Sam's fine. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing further to say. 
I'm sure you'll also be fine, Hannah. Anyway, uh, um, my favorite part of these whole two chapters is near the end where <laughs> Angela is just like talking to Aragon for maybe five minutes. Like there's <laughs> maybe six paragraphs of talking and then she's like "Ooh, this has been fun i'm afraid you have to go now my brew of mandrake root newt's tongue is about to boil go away <laughs> leave oh my gosh so impressive uh like does she definitely right she definitely doesn't have a brew of mandrake root and newt's tongue going right she's definitely well, she, just, like she has oh, some stuff does. going i think she yeah. does aragon like sat down between a couple of cauldrons or something true he sat on the floor because Angela only owns one chair. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thus discouraging anybody from <laughs> visiting her. <laughs> yeah. Also a mood. <laughs> yeah. I do think it's important to mention, apparently there's like a secret group of magic users. Oh, yes. And I'm sure that's going to come up. Yeah. With Aragorn. They're led by the evil twins. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason she moved into Dragonhold or whatever is because she didn't want them to find her again. <laughs> Yeah, she was like I didn't want to join their stupid party <laughs> she says I threatened to turn a lot of them into toads excuse me frogs Yeah, <laughs> I was like oh a callback a callback <laughs> a callback you love to see it Yeah. also Solombum is there I don't think we mentioned that that's we fun did. I think okay. we, yeah. did. we didn't talk about it but we mentioned it yeah. didn't I mean there's really not much to anything. talk about he leads Aragon to Angela yeah and that's it yeah, and uh, Aragon doesn't go to sleep, <laughs> which is so exciting. <laughs> My note says uh, she tells him to go away, so Ragan does. <laughs> Ragan. Uh, bye, Ragan. Oh, how did I do that? <laughs> Nobody's quite sure. That's not even remotely correct. Shall we guess what's going to happen next? Let's guess yes. what's going to happen next. Okay, the next chapter is called hall of the mountain king and then the chapter after that is called Arya's test oh um, uh, aragon's going to listen to some banging classical music yeah that's <laughs> yep. what it's gonna be <laughs> he's gonna uh, go meet hrothgar the dwarf king and hrothgar's gonna be like listen to this yeah, really, right? That's what he's going to do? He's going to meet the Dwarf King? I assume so. I assume so. Who else would be the Mountain King? He already met Ajahad. Yeah. And then, okay, so the other chapter, Arya's Test. I'm guessing it's either Aragorn has to do some sort of feat, or maybe Murtag has to do some sort of feat. Mm. I'm guessing that Arya will use her magic to do. Uh, yeah, I was trying to figure out if... It is a test that Arya gives to someone or a test that she has to do to like recover from her poison or whatever. They mention in these chapters somewhere that the twins were like the only powerful magic users, especially after Arya disappeared. Oh, yeah. I think. And everyone else barely has enough magic to heal Arya. But that's why I think that Arya will have to give the test because she's the strongest magic user that isn't Aragon, I assume. That makes sense. But Angela? Oh yeah, maybe. Angela seems pretty powerful. She apparently has lived forever, and even the two twins together are afraid of her. Yeah, true. Yeah, I don't know. I assume it's a test that Arya's giving, but I could be wrong. Also, somewhere in these two chapters, I guess something's gonna happen that indicates maybe the wrap-up. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. I Maybe mean... like there's gonna be a siege or the Razak. The the Razak, the Urgles, maybe the Shade. The Urgles are still there. Yeah. Like this it, there's nothing. There's nothing. It's leading to nothing. Like I'm I'm just mad. I'm yeah, I'm on. guessing I'm just that at the end of Arya's test, like I think what's gonna happen is that Arya's test chapter is gonna be like Aragon or Murtag having to prove themselves. And mm-hmm. then, like, right at the end, there's going to be, like, someone running in being like, oh, my God, the Razak are here. They led them right to our door. And yeah. and then the final, I guess, stuff will happen in the next couple chapters. <laughs> Somehow that. this book will tie up into a satisfying conclusion. Yeah. Or it's, it, no, I have. I feel like it has to be, like, a giant cliffhanger. An unsatisfying like conclusion. <laughs> yeah. I don't see this book ending in a way that I will be happy. No, I think it wraps up pretty well because I, like, I read Aragon <laughs> a bunch of times and I didn't read the second book. <laughs> so, oh, really? Okay. I think it's, like, enough of a wrap-up that you feel a little okay with it. <laughs> okay. That's my theory. You know what I bet is going to happen? Uh-huh. Aragon is going to have to do some, like, big magic to repel yeah. the Urgles, and then he's going to pass out and the book will end. <laughs> Yeah, maybe yeah i'd be. buy that <laughs> yeah that tracks there's no way he could possibly be conscious at the end of this book no he has to pass out at the end of the book <laughs> no he's just gonna go to bed at the end of the book he'll be like oh, anyway yeah. wake me up for brazinger or whatever the next one is <laughs> brazinger <laughs> brazinger yeah well i think we got it i think yeah so. totally for sure yeah let's talk about what else we're reading I thought I hadn't read anything since the last recording, but I think technically I read both Fix Her Up and Love Her or Lose Her by Tessa Bailey, mm-hmm. but I don't really want to talk about them. <laughs> I was like shocked you even brought those up. I was like, yeah. oh, they're fine. They're fine. Okay. Anyway, but I also started reading The God of Lost Words, which is the third book in the Library of the Unwritten series. Ooh. And it started very excitingly. <laughs> uh, but it's also, there's no audiobook for it. So I'm reading the physical copy. So I'm reading it very slowly. <laughs> oh, but it's good. <laughs> nice. I finished three audiobooks since we last recorded. Oops. Wow. I would listen to Love at First Spite by Anna Collins, mm. The Sixth Extinction and Unnatural History by Elizabeth Colbert. And Siren Queen by Nevo. I think I hope I said that right. Which were all pretty entertaining. They were good. And then I'm currently reading Gideon the Ninth by Tamsin Muir, which is a wild time. And (laughs) Gilded by Marissa Meyer. So, yeah. Well, I am currently reading Carrie Soto is Back by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Yeah, it's pretty good so far. She's like a famous person, which is exactly what I came here for. I I love that. (laughs) I'm so here for it. It's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, And then I'm listening to Jade War by Fonda Lee, uh, which is book two in the Greenbone Saga, the first of which we read for Midlight Book Club a few months ago. Anyway, if you liked this chapter of Midlight Crisis, consider rating and reviewing us on Spotify or your podcatcher of choice. You can talk to us and find fun-related content on social media. We are at MidlightPod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And all chapters of the show thus far are available on our website, midlightpod.podbean.com, and on YouTube. 
And from Safira for everyone during every election cycle. We must trust these people, though not to the point of foolishness. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's rough. It's too real.